Predict Wind delivers the most accurate forecast data on Earth. Start your free trial today. Search Predict Wind. Hello and welcome to the Predict Wind podcast with me, the marine podcaster, Kerry Herford-Jones. This show is all about how this amazing weather portal came about through its early days of gestation to the huge amounts of financial investment now being put into it in order to collect the data to make it what it's become. We also get to find out more about the people behind it, including John Bilger, the founder and CEO. Dave Kitson also joins us to talk about his experiences as a long-term and early adopter of Predict Wind. To celebrate this first episode of the Predict Wind podcast, we're delighted to offer a free trial for you, our lovely listeners. More details on this limited time offer to follow at the end. Without further ado, let's then meet John Bilger, a passionate sailor, something to do with his dad being a triple Olympian. He grew up sailing dinghies and actually made it himself to the Barcelona Olympics in 1992, ending up in the America's Cup programme for over 10 years. During that time, he was running the weather programme, so had access to some amazing technology, which led on to him starting up the Predict Wind business. I began our chat by suggesting he'd had his fair share of ups and downs when it came to sailing. Don't we all? I'd heard a rumour that the first boat he'd been running the nav on lost its rig and required some extra, should we call it, help to sort the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So that was after the uh, year 95 America's Cup. We had a bunch of Kiwis. We went jumped on a boat. It was a Japanese boat. As a sled 70, we this the transpacker. We, we went across. We did that race. I was the navigator, first time offshore navigating. This is quite an adventure for us. It, it's an idyllic race in terms of being mostly downwind, but as, as you get closer to Hawaii, you tend to get these rain squalls come through. I remember just settling in for after you know a bit of a drama on board with you know being off course and getting sails down and, and getting things all sorted, getting settling down into my bunk and thinking this is all going to be good, and then boom this massive squall came through and ripped the chain plate out of the boat and the mast went over the side and carbon fiber everywhere and yeah you know the guys on board were very experienced and managed to put a jury rig together but yeah that was quite an adventure i tell you you survived to tell the tale yeah yeah totally totally it was quite a story because we ended up having the owner wanted to get off the boat and so we ended up sort of it was too far to get a helicopter and so we ended up getting a, a tug coming out from Hawaii. And uh, but to secure the tug, we had to give the credit card details across to the authorities. That was back in the days, the VCSB radio was king. So I'm handing out just credit card details across the, to the whole fleet. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's got you a few beers down the pub in an evening with that story. Yeah, no, for sure, definitely, definitely, definitely. And your good lady wife and family, all keen sailors. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. So we're all into sailing. We're sort of all into the falling now i got into kite surfing 20 odd years ago and then that led on to kite falling and then you know growing up we'd teach the girls how to kite surf they're also dinghy sailors as well but now they're both into falling so you know one's in the my younger one's into the iq wind falling the windsurf falling oh. so they just did the worlds in the hagen holland and the other one's oh. done just done the europeans and in, in portsmouth actually and and the kite falling so we're sort of mad keen 
you know, sailors and more into the falling now, which is pretty exciting stuff. So yeah, it's pretty nice to share that passion with, with, with my girls. Yeah. My wife's into, you know, she's done kite surfing and also into the winging now as well. So it's a great stories around the dinner table at night, I can tell you that much. <laughs> I gather you gave your boat an interesting name, Need for Speed. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, the, the boat we had, we had for seven, eight years, you know, which I jokingly tell my wife it's a the luxury family cruising boat which is really a all-out carbon fiber racing boat we used to race with my mates every every wednesday night and then we, but we used to take it away for cruising once a year we'd go away for a couple of weeks over the christmas holiday break as my wife said it was amazingly convenient because you could you know from the down the galley there you could you know reach your underwear the muesli the toilets right there everything was in the hands reach it was so small it was pretty pretty basic sort of camping on the water style but uh, yeah, a lot of good memories and uh, yeah some good times and some not so good times <laughs> <laughs> we all had to start somewhere and you either get the children fully committed and connected and wanted to do more or you pull them off it completely totally 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 yeah it's uh, unfortunate that they're still going so i'm very happy with that they Growing up, we used to say, you know, you can do any sport you want. You can do sailing, 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 or sailing. You know, <laughs> and, uh, so they, so they, they said, "Oh, Dad, the first few years we didn't really like it, but we sort of did it just because of you." But you know, obviously they're very passionate now, so I'm glad they sort of glad they came with it. So it's just, it's very good. It's great. Yeah. So let's talk. Predict wind. It was clearly born out of your own passion and connection to the sea with you and your wife. Just give us a sense of how it came to life, because it must have been tough at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite a story. Like, it's I tried to sum it up in sort of 30 seconds. I mean, I had the idea when I was working in the America's Cup with the Olympic team. And, and in fact, in 2007, I was quite keen to, to start the business then. But then after we won the Cup in Valencia, but Brad Butterworth convinced me to stay on and and I was very fortunate in my contract, I could work on the business as well as on, on the cup. And the cup was held up in the, in the courts for at least a year with the sort of the trimaran, catamaran debacle. So that was a, a, an amazing opportunity to start the business. But yeah, quite naive. I thought with the access to the technology, we had amazing modeling and I thought we have the most accurate forecasts in the world. How hard can it be to start up a weather business? It was incredibly hard, you know. I mean, you soon find out that the the usability of the product is just as important as the accuracy of the forecast. And so we really were pretty rough and ready when we first started off. It was probably two or three years into the business. I mean, we started off with one developer, one graphics person, and it was pretty shaky two or three years into it. Was We didn't have a whole lot of paying customers and it was, don't worry, honey, we won't lose the house sort of thing. I mean, obviously very glad that we kept on going, but yeah, I mean, as you know, with most businesses after three years, 95% of them fail. So we were definitely lucky to make it through that 5%, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and look at what you've built now. You've got whatever, 40, 50 employees? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's all credit to the team. I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd take credit for being persevering with the whole thing, but certainly it's been our team that have made the product and we have some absolutely brilliant people working for us, you know, not only just in the development, but also in the marketing side and the support side. So it really is the team that makes Product One great and I've been very fortunate to, to hire the right people and to really have that sort of, I think, the passion through the whole team with a lot of sailors in the in the team and a lot of people are really passionate about what we're creating so it's 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 quite an honor to be part of the team yeah yeah that's the point isn't it it gives the, the credibility that it's built maintained and improved 
by people really connected to the sea. But I've got to ask you this question, John, and, and you'd expect me to ask it. There's a lot of other weather apps out there, aren't there? Dozens, in fact. What makes Predict Wind stand out so much, do you think? There's, there's four things that I think we kind of stand out. The first thing is we're not fluff. We're, we're basically about having the most accurate forecast data. So, And that starts off with the modelling technology that we use in America's Cup. We were the first company to run a model down to one kilometre resolution. And in fact, a lot of a lot of people thought we were just making this stuff up. You know, we thought they were just, you know, actually, you know, the one kilometre resolution wasn't real. We were just sort of like twiddling with the arrows on the wind maps to kind of make it look like one kilometre resolution. But, you know, obviously back then, like 12 years ago, that was a big deal. So, yeah, the, we have our own model. And then over the years, we're not precious about our own model. We just want to find the best modelling technology out there. So we have selected what we think is the best top global models in the world and have added other high resolution models to, to the suite. It's amazing to see how the computing power has changed the game. ECMWF have nine kilometer resolution around the whole world, which is just an incredible amount of computing power. We basically have always trying to find the best possible data and we spend a huge amount of money to do that. It's insane how much money we spend on sourcing and obtaining that data. But then you, know, you can have the best data in the world, but unless you've got the tools to interpret that data, so, you know, for example, you're doing a passage on a boat and you're you know, crossing an ocean, you need to figure out where you're going to be in two or three days' time. You've got to obviously use some sort of tools and weather routing is, is the best way to do it. So we are quite proud of the fact that when we first started Predict Wind, weather routing is sort of more the domain of the top racing navigator and not really widely used by cruising sailors. And we, th we think we've transformed that, that most of our customers are using the weather routing tool. And it's very much like Google Maps, so point and click, start and destination, and just made it really simple for people to actually use. So that's probably the next point is making it simple to use. And that's the weather routing tool is a good, good example of that, of actually trying to make it simple for the user. So it's not a complicated process. Probably our mission would be to sort of making complex and accurate weather uh, simple and accessible to anyone anywhere. So that's no no easy task, and uh, something we strive to you know all the time is trying to how can we make this user interface just that little bit easier to use. And uh, yeah, and then and probably the last thing which I think is we hear this all the time, and I think it's probably underrated by a lot of other companies is exceptional support. So we've got 15 people on the support team. You know, four of them are Volvo Ocean Race sailors that, you know, been around the planet many times. And they know what it's like there to be out on the water in rough conditions and know what it's like to be out without a forecast. And so they a lot of keen sailors. I mean, my marketing manager I raced against in the Olympic trials and 49ers. So, yeah, it's, it's cool to all share that passion. And I would hope that their customers also can see that shining through too. And any business is about listening to the feedback and probably no more so than in yours because you do listen. Actually, I'll just tell you a story. You didn't actually have the polar on our boat on your database. Now you have, and it was quick and seamless to make that happen. You must be pleased to hear that. Fantastic. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah, definitely. That's where we meet. So we have a team meeting every week and, and just getting customer feedback and just trying to uh, filter that into like a, making the product better and better. My passion is I've got a lot of friends who have been racing and are now cruising and making a new product for them and getting the buzz when they're using it. 
it, it's it, it really excites us you know to see our friends actually using the product and really getting a lot out of it so it's, it's pretty cool a really tough issue to try and deal with here you've referenced it a few times now is about the usability because there's some huge complex data going into the platform it, it must be quite a challenge to keep it simple for the end user how do you keep it simple and usable yeah well i mean that that is the key for sure you know we're always trying to think how we can make this slightly easier to use and the weather routing is you know just going back to that is, is probably the one of the most widely used tools for boats and even if they're doing coastal passages or offshore and when i worked in the the volvo ocean race with telefonica doing the weather preparation for them for andrew kate we'd have adrena and expedition these very good weather routing tools and you'd have to download the grid files and you set everything up to just to run a route and compare different forecasts it was like at least 30 minute process and now with predict wind i mean once you've got your boat selected and your pole is selected it's simply a matter of putting your start and destination in you start your position of where your boat is you click the calculate button and then wham you get comparison of of the six top global models in the world in a graph and it tells you the wind speed and direction and the swell and the current and everything and it's routing for all those variables and one of the things that's we've added recently which we're really excited about it it's often not the the wind that will get you it's the waves the waves are the most dangerous you can be in 40 knots in the harbor and flat water and it's just fine there's no problem but 40 knots in a confused sea state three or four meter high you know short period waves can be devastating for a boat so what we've actually done is we've got to approach the company as a top naval architects and They've actually modelled uh, monohulls and catamarans and, and basically every different sea state you can possibly be in. You put in the dimensions of your boat, you know, the waterline length, the beam, the draft, and, and that will actually model your boat in the sea state you're going to have. And because all the weather routing is done on our service, we've got not just the primary wave, tertiary wave state, so we can literally see how the boat react for three key parameters which is uh, the roll of the boat i mean above a certain amount of roll like we know three degrees rms roll it's going to be pretty hard on deck right. to, to actually be on your feet our vertical acceleration which is related to seasickness you can you can make anyone seasick they've proven this in the navy anyone seasick if you have enough vertical acceleration and then boat slamming which can be obviously devastating you're going upwind and the boat slamming and so those parameters are just automatically spat out by the output you can see them uh, i think and even it'll actually show you some warning signals along the route that if you hit you know high roll or whatever or there's some sort of extreme weather event so it's come a long way in 13 years that's that's really innovative yeah 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 we, yeah, we definitely like to think no one else is doing that sort of thing i, I did a, a um, delivery from auckland to fiji recently with one of our team he's the professional delivery captain it was just like, as they say in the industry, eating your own dog food, you know, you're kind of using your own tools. <laughs> so we're heading out, looking at the forecast and, and anguish. The, the rest of the team's giving me a hard time because, you know, how's it going to go for the boss? And uh, we've got like three or four metre swell, which is massive, but it's behind us. We're looking at these parameters, the roll and the boat slamming and, and the vertical acceleration, and they're actually just fine because of the the period of the swells and the behind us and sure enough it was exactly that it was not a problem at all 
obviously you get feedback from a lot of customers, but it's also good to get out there and see it for yourself. So that's wave routing. Let's talk a little bit about power boating. You're really tapping into another market here, aren't you? Yeah, totally. And I think we've been seen, and, and probably justifiably so, as a as a sailboating sort of weather forecasting service. And if you went into weather routing, there was a component that had power boating in there now. But now, if you go into the website and our apps, there's actually a separate menu. We've separated it out into sailboat routing and powerboat routing because they're completely different sort of problems. In fact, the whole routing engine, we've developed a, a routing engine specifically for power boating. Obviously, with a yacht, you're looking at the polar to try to get you there in the fastest time, and you're tacking and jiving and things like this. With power boating, you just really want to get there with the most fuel-efficient route, which is also the fastest route, and you're looking at similar sort of things in terms of roll and vertical acceleration and, and boat slamming. But yeah, it's, it's fuel efficiency. And so that, this is what the algorithm does. And then you combine that with our departure planning tool, which is just like weather routing on steroids. So you're basically doing a weather route for, for day one, day two, day three, day four. And you get a nice little comparison table. Well, if I leave on day three, I'm going to use 5% less fuel or 10% less fuel. The wind's going to be behind the beam. Or the wave's going to be behind the beam. So the roll's going to be a lot less. The, uh, there's going to be no slamming and we're not going to have a divorce by the end of this trip. Of course, as we get into the e-propulsion world, weather routing becomes even more important when you have in the back of your mind power consumption issues. With its fuel consumption, whether it be from a traditional sort of diesel engine or whether it's a it's a e-propulsion, it's the same thing. It's just it's saving you energy. So how it's doing this is it's actually looking at the wind and the currents. The currents is obviously a big deal. If you can hook into the Gulf Stream, you'll see it on the routing. It just loves getting with a favourable current. And then obviously if you're punching into a swell, so the wave drag is a big deal. So, you know, if you've got waves behind you, that's be helping you. If you've got waves on the nose, it's going to be more drag. And uh, and then obviously the windage of your structures, you put in how high your, your bridge deck is. If you're obviously punching into 30, 40 knots, it's got a lot of drag. So that, that's all factored into the routing calculations. So... It's, it's amazing, really, what this technology can do. And with computing power these days, we're literally doing billions of calculations. We have this amazing guy who does the routing for us. He's actually based in Sweden. He's a retired surgeon, of all things. He's just a real computer geek. And, you know, we keep on throwing these problems at him, and he's just he's incredible. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. An accurate forecast can be the difference between an ideal day and one that puts you and your crew at risk. That's why Predict Wind has developed the most accurate forecasts and tools for marine users all around the world. Because forecast accuracy is crucial, Predict Wind provides access to six global forecast models and five high-resolution models to compare so that you can have maximum confidence in the forecast. With world-leading forecasts and weather tools, Predict Wind is your one-stop shop for weather forecasting and navigating. Try our world-leading forecast for free today at predictwind.com My wife and I just completed a two-year circumnavigation of the UK. We, we took it fairly steadily, John, to be fair. During that time, we asked other sailors where they got their weather and routing from. The consensus was they tend to look on a variety of apps for the weather they really want uh, rather than what it actually is. 
have you heard that yeah 100 percent. And, and a lot of people don't actually realize what models are being used like so for example the gfs model which comes from nara from from the us med service i mean they're very generous over there they give away all their data for free so a lot of the apps yeah. will, will pretty much all the apps in the world will have the gfs model by default and then you know there's a few apps around like windy for example which have the ecmwf model because that's now yeah. that's probably the number one model from national weather center with predict win we believe we've got all the top models in there so you don't really need to check other apps you're probably looking at the same data in a different format but i i, I think there's a, a definitely a lot of confusion in the market there of well if i just check another app may i've got another opinion and it makes me feel good like, that's kind of what we, we've done with predict win it's a bit more complicated we have obviously the six models and if they all agree they're sort of saying the same thing which generally happens on the first day you got pretty good confidence in the forecast now by day seven or by day 10 there's generally like a, a big divergence of opinion and so just to be brutally honest if, if all the models are wildly different well we have no idea what's going on so that, that's but at least you know like it's it's, it's false confidence if you've got you know just one model you're looking at and you think well this is the gospel truth but it could be wildly wrong. So that's the beauty of actually having yeah. a few models to, to compare to. And that's, I guess that's our background in the America's Cup is we'd have 20 models we're looking at. And I soon realized working with these top meteorologists that actually 90% of their expertise is from the model. You know, they're adding 10% on, but the, the, the model is really giving them the, the forecast. That was where Predict Win was born, is if you, you give people the right data they're, they're in good shape to make good decisions and as you quite rightly say it's confidence and trust isn't it that, that's what it comes down to here trust in the information you're provided with totally 100 percent. i can tell you with some sort of a few war stories back to the america's cup when i first jumped into the fire doing this job here in new zealand i'm a kiwi we got russell coots running the show we got all the top sailors in new zealand in the team and you know, basically for the America's Cup boats back then, the boats were no good below seven knots. You couldn't sail, couldn't race below seven knots, and you couldn't race above 19 knots. And so to launch the boat, you'd have to load the boat up with all the sails, you put it in the travel lift, you put the boat down, it's like a good hour and a half to do that. Then to get up to the race area is like an hour, hour, hour tow. So it's a good couple of hours to get out to the race course area. And so if you get out there and basically it's less than seven knots or more than nine team the, the whole team of 100 people sort of looking at you going what have you done but the interesting thing was that in the early days everyone's a weather expert right even the designers are looking at the, the the newspaper and say, oh this is what's going to be today but after six months they trusted the model more than they did in their own judgment so it certainly gave us a lot of confidence with these very highly skilled sort of sailors who'd, who'd grown up there their whole lives they would actually put more trust in the technology than than their own gut feel or what they're sort of uh, read with the, the National Weather Service. How do you run a global business the way you do? Because I know you run it pretty much as a family affair with your team seemingly spread over the seven continents of the world. It really must be quite a challenge. That's a very good question. I would like to take credit to say what's well, my amazing management style, but I think that it would actually be more, more <laughs> the fact that actually it wouldn't be true at all. It's probably more the fact that we're passionate about what we do and we hire people with exceptional talent. And if you give them the right tools and basically let them go and do this and just sort of keep out of the way, so to speak, and just let them get on with it, it, it seems to work pretty well. Obviously, there's, there's problems that come up and you have to sort of make sure that we're all getting along, we're all working well together. And obviously, we've got some great systems now with, with modern technology, the way you can record 
any bugs or any development is all recorded electronically and everyone can have access to that. So your systems are obviously very, very important. But now I think it just comes down to hiring people who have exceptional talent that are passionate about what they do. And then that that's sort of 90% of it, really. So yeah, we've just been fortunate in that regard. And yeah, so may I continue. Absolutely. Well, you're a very modest man, so and fair play to you. And, and I know it's your wife and yourself that are the main shareholders and business leaders on this. And I think it's great that it's still a family firm. Yeah, yeah, we do get approached from investors all the time. but And they would have been good investors probably 10 years ago, but I think we're going along just nicely, thanks very much. So we'll uh, just keep it going as it is. So, John, let's step into the time machine, the DeLorean, and fire it up to 88 miles an hour. We're going ahead a year's time. What are we going to see in the Predict Wind world? Well, I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll tell you six months, because even in the next six months, we've got a lot of new things that we're putting out. We've been working on the Anchor Alert app. So basically, the brains behind it is a product we call the Data Hub. And the Data Hub is a little Linux router, which basically is just a small little electronic device. It has a N2K interface, an interface with your boat's instrumentation system to get all the data coming in. Obviously, anchor apps are a dime a dozen out there. There's lots of them. But because they're using the GPS of your device, when you have the device down below decks, you can quite often get false alarms. So because this is actually using the, the GPS from your boat's instrumentation system, it's obviously going to be a lot more accurate. Um, and then you not only got the, the data from your, from your GPS from your boat, but we've got your wind speed, you've got wind direction, we've got your depth. Um, so we can do some amazing alerts. And then because this data hub is connected in with our satellite communications, whether it be your Iridium Go or your Iridium Go Exec or your Starlink, you can literally have this app working on your phone. You could be off doing the groceries and then you can get an alert to say, oh, the wind's changed 180 degrees. You go, whoa, and you can actually log in and see what all the data is. So it's a really cool feature because I, I know myself being having cruised, one of the most stressful things is like you anchor the boat and, oh my goodness, is it going to be with you when you come back? The other thing we've been working on for this is for the last three years is uh, worldwide um, tidal currents. I know there's a few companies that have, have done tidal currents in sort of Pacific areas around the world. We have literally done all the coastlines of the world. I mean, we haven't done the Arctic or the Antarctic, but pretty much all the other coastlines in the world we've done, down to 400 meter resolution within 60 kilometers of the coast. And then we've done these very high resolution areas for the very complicated bathymetry areas. As far as we know, it's a world first and just fascinating to see in these areas how that will affect boating. As we know, wind against current is, is such a big thing. And uh, yeah, it's just fascinating to, when you're doing the routing too, to know if the current's with you or against you. So for most cruising boats, they're not the fastest things in the world. So, you know, if you know if the current's with you or behind you, it's gonna make a big difference to your routes. And what is the profile of the average predict wind user, John? I'd say most of our customers are cruising is because the market's bigger, but we have customers doing all sorts from people even for rain, like when they plant their grass seed or, you know, when there was a problem in Japan with the, the nuclear reactor and the wind, got, we had a huge spike in people logging into Predict when there, wanting to know if, which way the wind's going to blow. The markets we have are huge, but I mean, our primary bread and butter has been definitely cruising sailors in, in recent years. Well, we could talk for another hour at least, but let's sneak in a final question. What are the biggest challenges you as a company face probably the biggest challenge for us as a company is actually letting people know about what we do because yep. we quite often get people who 
use the product and they haven't even scratched the surface. Like for example, one of the things we do is we have, uh, just because our relationship, one of our companies, we get weather data from Spire, um, whose data is actually more accurate than ECMWF when it's offshore. They actually provide us with AIS data. So as you know, any commercial vessel must um, um, have AIS on board and, and that's transmitted by VHF. And that VHF signal can usually only go like 20, maybe 30 miles on the ocean. But when the signal's going directly up into space, they actually have these satellites that can pick up that data. So any commercial vessel is picked up by that satellite network, and then we, we make that data available within Predict Wind. So for example, when you're doing your weather routing, you can see you know fishing fleets or commercial vessels that are coming your way. And that, that's great for planning. So you might be doing you know overnight, you can see, well, in the next 24 hours, there's a fishing fleet here, and, and there's a whole bunch of container ships coming through. This is going to be a busy night. I might want to re- redirect my weather routing. Good point. Not collision avoidance on no. your chart plotter, but it's, it's just giving your heads up of what to look for, and, and it's a great safety feature. So yeah, things I think is is um, that's our challenge is to get uh, our customers to really um, delve into all the features. And I only recently found the section called local knowledge. I didn't know that there was an area with a lot of information on anchorages and harbors actually embedded within the portal and the app. Exactly. Yes, yeah. so we've got you know. Pretty much all the marinas in the world, anchorages around the world, all the amenities that go along with that. So, I mean, we've you know had cruising sailors say, "Oh, this is the best feature of Predict Wind." Like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> One of the unique things about it is it has for every location or every sort of feature, it has climate data with it for the yeah. last 10 years. So you can see, you know, literally, if you want to go to a new destination what is the best time of year to visit the locations. Next, we get to meet Dave Kitson, who joins us to talk about his experiences as a long-term and early adopter of Predict Wind. I asked Dave when his sailing journey began. I came late to sailing at the age of about 50 in 1998, a long time ago. And we decided after that that we really liked sailing, we wanted to go travelling. So in 2005, we sold the house, commissioned a Southerly 35, and uh, in 2007, we set off and sailed to the Med. Just like that? Just like, well, it was the result of several years of planning, as you can probably imagine, but yeah, (laughs) just like that. Probably the best thing we ever did. We had a whale of a time for 10 years. We initially thought we might go across the Atlantic or even around the world, but Actually, the Med was so wonderful, particularly the Eastern Med, that we just stayed there for 10 years. The Southerly 35, as I'm sure you know, has a lifting keel, which allowed us to go to the French Canal. So we didn't even have to go around Biscay and Gibraltar. And obviously you needed to know what the weather was doing at any time. How did the connection with Predict Wind come about? Well, for the first year, we tried several different weather predictors. None of them were very satisfactory. They weren't very accurate. They were difficult to use. Um, And I just came across Predict Wind when I was searching for yet more weather predictors. They may not even have been, I have a feeling they might not even have been commercially released at that point. Wow. Anyway, I'm an engineer. So I studied their explanations of how they would get do the impossible of getting high-res predictions from low-resolution input. And I bought into their explanation. I thought it stood up that there's lots of high-resolution data around for relief. And all you have to do, I say all, is use a weather model to predict with the basic information from the Met Office. 
and it worked and I've never looked back really I've used it ever since we stayed it stayed in the med for 10 years took two years to come back through the French canals and sadly I'm now a landlubber because we're going to New Zealand and you can't take the boat there at least not unless you're a millionaire there's going to be plenty of sailing for you down there I'm sure yes indeed let's look at some examples then perhaps of where Predict Wind has saved the day or really made a difference to your sailing experience Dave there are many many examples I suppose the one that comes most to mind is when we were in in Sami which is on an island in the in Greece it's a concrete harbour where just as always happens in Greece nearly always you tie up stern two to the concrete key and with your anchor out pulling you off the key and everything works because there's no tides and all should be well I got a predict wind prediction which showed that the valley which comes out to where the harbour is there was going to be a two or three hour four six to seven blow that was not duplicated by any of the other skippers along the marina because this wind was going to come sideways and when that happens at least one or two boats are going to slip their anchors guaranteed when they do they're going to push on the boats beside them they're all going to give way and there's at the very least going to be lots of yelling and screaming <laughs> and at worst there's going to be some serious damage to boats so I went along the quay to all the skippers showed them the predict wind prediction none of them had it had it they all had their own predictions of course and we hatched a plan that we would connect a line from the quay to the first boat, bow of the first boat, and then to all the bows of all the other boats, which would stop them going sideways. And the the blow duly arrived, and we were all safe. Wow. And you went back afterwards and collect uh, your reward, I would imagine, from every skipper. Oh, if only. I, d- I have to say, <laughs> I did get a couple of bottles of wine. <laughs> In that case, it makes it all worthwhile and less stress. Absolutely it was. That's right. Let's just look at what you would like Predict Wind to also offer you, Dave, as a user. Not much. It's close to perfect. But I suppose I have two real wishes. One of them is when using the app on a phone, and I try not to do that, but when using it on a phone, I really, really like the simultaneous display of different weather models. I find that incredibly useful to tell me how likely this is to be true. And on a phone, that really doesn't work because you've only got one screen. It's too, too small to, to do split screen. I would really like them to have a simple way that you can just press a single button without concentrating because you're looking at the, at the scrolling screen that's gradually going through the time and flick, 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 flick. So you can flick between two models without anything else, just that. And I would find that, I think I would find that would make the phone app usable for me the other thing i suppose the other thing i suppose is that as now essentially a landlubber i still use and value predict wind it so for example if we're having a barbecue or there's a wedding or and in new zealand i helped i helped to, to teach young kids to sail on the on the estuary and in all of those cases the accurate and 
absolutely local predictions that predict wind gives me are ever so useful. So I would really like to see a different product, which is aimed at the more general market. It would have to be a lot cheaper. Obviously, it can't, they would have to make sure it doesn't cannibalize their marine income. But I think there's a huge, a huge opportunity out there if they could grasp it. Yeah. And, and usual royalties apply, of course, Dave. But of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to somebody considering using Predict Wind? I, you're thinking the right thing. I don't think you could do better. And although you have to pay, well, they do have a free forecast, but it's well worth the paid for forecasts, I think. And considering what failing to get proper predictions on on wind might do to your boat, I think the expense is well worth it. If you're out in the ocean, of course, the Iridium Go offerings and so on would be great. Personally, I've never needed it. Um, in the Med, there's good coverage almost everywhere out to about 50 miles for phones. But I can really see why that would be useful to people who are crossing oceans. Plenty of options, plenty of opportunities, and most importantly, an app that actually works, Dave. Oh, works. Works really, really well. I mentioned at the start a free listener offer. To get your hands on the free limited time Predict Wind trial, just click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening to today's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please do leave me some feedback, and if you feel so disposed, perhaps rate the show with five stars. Whichever platform you use to listen to your favourite podcasts, if you'd like to hear more from some of my guests, just search for Kerry Herford-Jones. That's C-E-R-I, Herford-Jones, or Business On Board. Let's catch up again soon.